Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, and inclusive advertising around cultural moments, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I am Luz Corona, Adweek Community Editor. Thank you all for joining us again. Um, As mentioned last week, super exciting news. We have a brand new co-host, Rebecca Stewart, our Europe brand editor based in London. Rebecca is out this week taking a well-deserved break. We miss her terribly. I hope she's not answering my Slack messages I sent her this week um, and hope she's enjoying her time off. So that being said, uh, since we have such an exciting episode today, I've asked my colleague and an old friend of, yeah, that's probably an ad, Agency's managing editor, Jameson Fleming, to join me in co-hosting. Jameson, what's up? Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, Long-time guest on this show. Maybe I'll host (laughs) it someday, but I'm fine sitting in the guest chair every once in a while. (laughs) Hosting is is tough. I'm trying to do Shannon, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to do my best here and make her proud. So, um, yeah, anytime, anytime you want to jump in, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually probably okay just being a guest that shows up every like two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah, so we'll bring you back again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I brought Jameson on today um, because we're going to dive a bit into Ramadan marketing or actually lack thereof. Um, and to speak on the topic, we've invited some friends from Agency World, Mojo Supermarket, who is brand strategist Siham Saleh and founder and creative director Mo Said. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hi. Sure. Thank you yeah. for, for joining. Um So the reason we wanted to talk to you guys today, you both have been involved in some really impactful work within the industry to uh, drive more conversations around Ramadan. Um, Before we dive into that, let's give our listeners a little bit of an overview around the celebration. So it's considered one of the holiest months for the Muslim community. This year, it takes place from March 22nd till April 21st. Um, but what else can you tell us that is key for our listeners listeners to know? Siham, you want to give us some background? Yeah, totally. So 
as you said, it's the holiest month of the year. It's a month-long spiritual engagement of fasting and prayer and celebration. And this is celebrated by Muslims around the world. It involves abstaining from eating or drinking, and that includes water, from sunrise to sunset for a full month. So fasting is, yes, it's abstaining from food and water, but it's not meant to be a hardship. So there are exceptions made for those who are not healthy enough to fast. It's really a way to uh, reinforce faith, practice self-control and self-discipline, and just be reminded of those less fortunate that don't have access to food and water and shelter. And although fasting is the most popular aspect of Ramadan, it's also a time of giving to charity and prayer and spending time with your community, your family, your loved ones. And like you said, this year, it's um, between April, or sorry, March 23rd to April 21st slash 22nd. It's based on the lunar calendar. So it changes every year and we don't know when it starts or ends until the night before. And it culminates at the end with Eid al-Fitr, which is one of two Muslim holidays in the year. Wow. And this is, um, you know, as you guys have covered, this is a, we have almost 4 million Americans who celebrate this, this celebration, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So I think it, it was really interesting, your voice piece from last year, even though it was from 2022, it still rings true. Um, you know, why does an industry focused on cultural moments ignore Ramadan? Um, and you really do such a great job of pointing out like the lack of marketing and conversations in an industry that is supposed to connect with consumers based on mm -hmm. culture and, you know, major moments like this. So um, can you tell us a little bit of, about your piece and kind of what inspired you to do this and led to this greater work? Yeah, so the op-ed last year was really meant to start the conversation that we weren't seeing in the industry. Nobody was talking about this. Nobody was making ads. Nobody was putting out any sort of communication around Ramadan. So the goal of that op-ed was to really get the ball rolling and get people inspired. And we included a few insights as well to get people inspired to do something. And the, the feedback that we got from that was incredibly positive. There were so many people, Muslims and non-Muslims, that appreciated the work, appreciated learning something new. But personally, I, I received so many messages from Muslims finally being able to see representation in the industry. They've never seen something like this. You know, it's one of the things that they read constantly and for them to see themselves represented was really uh, positive and a really positive light and really encouraging for them to continue on this work. So it was really meant to kind of plant a seed for this whole world and to get people inspired to do something positive. That's great. And I, I think your piece does such a nice uh, job of just kind of covering, giving the basics and then just opening up, you know, where there's opportunity for marketers to connect with the community. Um, now, this is where we bring Mo and Jameson into the conversation because it looks like it kind of brought in, you know, an agency um, participation in backing this research and spreading it with the industry. So, um, Mo, do you want to give us a little bit of background here on working with Siham and just kind of how the Mojo Ramadan report came to life? Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, we both, we both, Siham and I grew up uh, like on the opposite sides of the world, but we both celebrated Ramadan 
And when we when we, we know when you live here in the United States, like where I grew up, the whole world changes, like work changes and the way we go to school changes for a month and everything changes for a month, right? So it's, it's such a significant part of your life because it's a month out of the year and you like we plan vacations around it it's just that just the, everything around it is is so crazy and um when i moved here it was like a weird thing it was like uh you know it doesn't you it just disappears and everybody who celebrates just celebrates within their home or or within their head so when i was a, a, a young copywriter um I said this at the event, I was like, when, when another young copywriter would came, talk to me about Ramadan and he was celebrating, I was like, wait, man, let's not, let's not hang out too close for too long. They're going to think we're colluding. Um, it's, you start they're like, that's where my career started. Right. And this is like so much later. So I was so proud of Siham and everybody who worked on that, the whole strategy team on like, we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to do this thing. And it, it usually, you know, you find something like that and what advertising agencies try to do is try to try to make something that's going to win an award or like try to, you know, just try to like, Hey, how do we do this thing? I know so much about Christmas and how, what it feels like. And that helps me connect with somebody and, and makes me look at it and say, Hey, this person and me, just not that different. They're doing the same thing. They get presents. We get money. Like it's the same thing. So what, what it was an opportunity to, I know what the feeling of Christmas is like, because I've just seen so many Toyota commercials in my life. And I just kind of like, <laughs> you know, you learn, you learn somebody else's life through what you don't know. And I'm not going to actively go seek some of that stuff out. So advertising is such a great medium because it's a forced medium. It's just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be walking on the street and I'm going to learn about this thing that I really didn't want to learn about. And like, that's going to help me. So we should be using that stuff to help bring people together right now, especially. So, um, when we looked at that thing and, and Siam wrote that op-ed and we were like, there's two ways we can go. We can go make a project or we can help other people make a project. And I'm so proud of this strategy team. They're just like, we want everybody in the world to, to be able to do this and us do nothing. And we were like, okay. So we went to try to do this research and see how we want to talk about how easy or how hard it, there's no, there's no sec, there, research yeah. companies. Go ahead. Yeah. This, I mean, we started researching it. The start of every project is a bunch of research and we hit a wall there. There wasn't enough out there about Muslims in the U S Muslims observing Ramadan, Ramadan in the U S there just wasn't enough information or data or insights. And we kept hitting wall after wall until finally we were like, I, the research companies haven't even segmented. They they don't know how to reach that segment because they've never segmented. They've never segmented that segment yeah. before. Yeah. So wow. even when we decided, so you wouldn't be able to get a list of people even to research because they're like, oh, we don't. Have, we have data on people between six to twelve who play Fortnite, but we don't have this for you. So it's just it's an insane it's an insane thing. So that's why I'm so proud of these guys. They like we're like okay, then now we're a research company, and then we invested so much to like, okay, we're going to start our own research. Like we're, this is us now. And that was, in, that's insane, right? Like you built, we built a capability off this project because we're just, everyone is so passionate about it. Um, and they, they did that research and they wanted to show it as that report, but then we kept adding on to it and Siam did an amazing panel. We flew some creators from London, we, like 
just this amazing panel and we'll we'll have that around to listen hopefully and uh we did an art the more of the agency got involved and they did an art gallery exhibit because we have an art gallery of most of it was just an amazing night overall i was so proud that like in my, within my short career i could go from like hey man just stay away from me because people are going to think this is weird to like our there's a building in brooklyn that says ramadan mubarak outside that's crazy wow. Um, but yeah, these guys are, these guys really pushed us to make this thing, which is awesome. Like we didn't make a single creative project off of it. Um, that I, if, and not in the traditional sense, right? Like we're not making like, oh, we're going to do this stunt thing. Um, and it's all just like, here's the research. I hope as many people as you can use, use this thing. And then a lot of CMOs came and to learn about, you know, instead of now, all of those people have either the understanding or the desire or the opportunity or or even the opportunity to know like, Hey, this might be a good thing and we can do this and it'd be awesome project. Um, so yeah, really proud of the report. I mean, there was, there was obviously a gap in, in marketing and advertising when it comes to Ramadan. And a lot of that we felt came from this fear and this place of, we don't want to do the wrong thing or we don't want to offend people. We don't want to, you know, just do the wrong thing. There's so many brands that are afraid of being canceled and doing this research and putting it out. We really wanted to tell people like, Hey, this is like the first step that you can take. We're taking away all of the barriers. We're making this research accessible to everybody. And we're hoping that the brands who can celebrate feel welcome to celebrate with us because there's so much rich creative opportunity when it comes to Ramadan. And we wanted to make it as easy and accessible as possible. We didn't want people to feel um, unwelcomed to participate in this. We really wanted to equip brands and agencies with the information that they needed to do something. It was also, I, I learned a lot from it. You know, like there's like how Gen Z Muslims celebrate Ramadan in America is very different than what, how I celebrated Ramadan in Pakistan, whatever, however many years ago. So it was just such a different way to look at it. And it, it, it's so like meditational and it's so like physical strength. And back home, we were just eating greasy foods and hanging out. So it was like, you know, it was just like a, it wasn't my Ramadan. And it was like, oh, this is how it works. And it's like, it, I learned so much from it that it was, it was crazy. I like very arrogantly went into this thing. We're like, I know everything there is to know. Um, but uh, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I want to dive into the results of the study because, I mean, my my kind of top line takeaway reading it was, you know, brands want to reach Gen Z and the picture that we have from all the data paints Gen, Gen Z a certain way. And I think if you took this report's data and that data, you would get pretty close to almost an overlapping circle with a Venn diagram because it, it just felt like you portrayed what Gen Z is through this study, but it really speaks volumes that if you're going to speak to this group of, of, uh, of people that you're really just speaking to Gen Z because the ideals and the thoughts are so aligned. Dude, the, the thing, the thing that you just said is the, is, uh, we, we should just say that over and over again, <laughs> because that's the whole point of it, right? Like for two people to understand like, Oh, this whole thing is just not that different. And, and finding the interesting differences about each other and, and, that, and being made like, well, that's, that's an, like overall basic theme. People are people. Yeah. And there, there were um, themes then, of like, um, spirituality or mindfulness or togetherness, community, 
all of these things that when you look at any Gen Z report that's out there, those same themes are highlighted. Right. It's just the and application. Now you can understand like how, right. How, what's your application mm-hmm. of it? And, and that's, that's so interesting because it does, it, it can bring all of the, this generation that we're talking about together with each other, learn each other, learn about each other, whatever. And it's, it's, it'd be so awesome because then they wouldn't be like us. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think this is fascinating. I mean, even just like the way the report is packaged, it's immersive, it's fun, it's digestible. Um, so for those listening, definitely check it out, mojoramadanreport.com. Um, yeah, I think I, I learned a, like, a lot just from like skimming through it. And I think, right, the overall takeaway we can do, we can you know, go over here and see how you said this in your piece last year is why should we care? We should care because when we ignore such a large group of people, we send a message that their practices and beliefs don't matter. And we can all agree we don't want to be sending those type of messages anymore. And I think you saying that in your PCM, that was really impactful. And look to all look at all the work it led to. Yeah, I mean, it's Mo lived across the world for me. I lived and grew up in the U.S. practicing Ramadan and being uh, in a community and just keeping Ramadan to that community and within your family, you're celebrating Ramadan within the group, you're celebrating Ramadan. But outside of that, you know, people go to school or go to work and they have to pretend like business as usual because nobody knows what's going on. And that's one of the hardest parts about Ramadan is when you have to really do all of this in silence with people around you, not knowing or not understanding or not being accepting. And so all of this is to really like shed light on this entire month of this practice, this group of people, so that they don't feel other, they don't feel like they're in silos, they don't feel like they have to hide who they are. Right. And I think, um, you know, we've seen a little bit more on in the media lately. Um, and Jameson, you feel free to chime in because you're more immersed in sports world. But like, for example, the three UConn players in, who were competing in March Madness were also fasting um, for Ramadan. Um, and that's something that's really not talked about enough and, and quite a challenge, I would imagine, to be playing at such a, a level of, you know, physical activity and not even being able to drink water right jameson like i've seen it in media lately a lot more yeah yeah it's funny i actually tried to tell this story when i was in college in 2007 because we had a, a guy on our football team who was going through ramadan and and fasting and talking to him i mean it's just fascinating to see what your life what what you go through the the trials you go through and then you know the whole process uh you know when you're trying to compete as a division one athlete it's it's really fascinating and I'm curious for the two of you, you know, when we take a look at this report and how to put it into practice, whenever a brand joins a, a cultural conversation, they always want to be additive and not interruptive. So what's your, your message to, to advertisers and, and agencies, how to make sure that they look at this and they, they come up with ideas that are going to make the conversation better than just hijacking it? We had an entire section in the, in the report because we thought about this, we wanted to really talk to the brands directly and how they could actively play a role. And a lot of that came down to a lot of our findings and what the Gen Z Muslims we talked to wanted. They wanted to be acknowledged. They wanted these brands to talk to them, to ask questions, to have a conversation, to be willing to go the extra mile, to really dig deep into this practice rather than, like you said, just hijack the conversation and just 
take something from the report and run with it. We really wanted brands to feel like they could communicate, they could talk to the Muslim community to get more insights, to get a better understanding, to create work alongside the community and not just take over this holiday. Just those three athletes that you're talking about, put them, you know, put them in a Nike commercial and we'll learn more about them. And they like, I'll see that and I'll spend a lot of money at Nike because we also have money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just like the altruistic thing. Like I spend a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, collaboration essentially like collaborate with the muslim community and talk to as many muslims as possible you know get a diverse range of muslims there's going to be ones like me and mo who live across the world there's going to be ones across the nation different upbringings people who grew up muslim people who joined the religion later on in life there are so many different experiences that you could learn from so thinking of it as a collaborative effort this is also, um, this is a side story, but this is also a really good um, reason for your agency to have diversity. Is like when we say diversity, it's just not like a shades of color you can have mm-hmm. on your agency, the air picture. It's like, see how and I, you're both like, okay, we've got two of them. We could not be any different. Um, like, yeah, any more different, which is like, or even, even experience of being a Muslim to, is very, very different, you know? So it's, uh, for that reason to also just don't be afraid to, you know, just do something. And I think, man, so many brands just afraid to do anything about anything. That's why everything is just like, be whoever you want to be people riding on skateboard. Like it's just so. <laughs> yeah. I think the not afraid piece is really big. You know, don't be afraid to, to join this conversation. If you feel inclined to, and you feel like it's a natural um, extension of your brand And another thing too is, you know, if you do make a mistake, you can own up to it and you can continue the conversation. But rather, I think the the biggest thing is not feeling like you have to participate in Ramadan and only do something during Ramadan. But it's all about consistency. You know, we're going to see through these kind of um, fake and false uh, ways of communicating with the Muslim community, and we're going to call you out on it if you're just using it to tokenize Muslims or to take advantage of the holiday. So being really consistent and reaching to this community throughout the year and not just Ramadan is going to be a really big thing. Right. And and we've seen like the the most impactful work around DEI education is it's a long-term game. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just like a one and done, you know, research like this is a really major moment for brands to just kind of kick off this this initiative to dive into you know learning more about Ramadan um before we jump to break I actually wanted to bring up just because Mo you mentioned Nike before um which is a great idea featuring talent you know um there are some brands that have you know have covered Ramadan this year. Um, Siham, you had mentioned some examples in our conversations prior to this, but just remind me, Adidas, for example, with their Muslim prayer mats, um, you know, what do, What did you guys think of the activations you saw this year? Do you think there's more? Um, who got it right? You know, tell us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so Adidas was one of the first ones that I saw, but I also saw uh, one from KitKat and one from Uber. And all three of these weren't from the U.S. They were from Canada and the U.K. And what they all did really well was they were rooted in a really strong 
insight that wasn't surface level, that didn't feel like it was taking away from the practice or taking advantage of the community. It felt like it was adding to the conversation and adding to the richness of this practice. So KitKat, I was really blown away by what they did because some of the insights that they had in the in the piece that I saw, I'm like, wow, most people don't know about the first, the middle, the ten, last 10 days. And the fact that they included that is crazy. Or the fact that they you know, included the, the shape of the moon on the packaging, like all of these little details that I was really surprised by, pleasantly surprised by. It was really great. And Uber, um, their, their out of home was incredibly beautiful and it was so simple and to the point, and it was just very eye-catching to the point where people who weren't Muslims, I was hearing them ask about it and want to know more. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's, you know, what Mo was talking about, understanding this community having something like they're out in the world where people are going to stop and look and really try to understand um, is incredible. And the Adidas prayer mat is they partnered with a Muslim group and they created this collaborative um, piece together. And that was really beautiful. That's like a big thing. I've said this before, collaboration and really talking and understanding this community is what's going to make the best work. Yeah, I, I was really fascinated or impressed by the Kit Kat work because they could have easily just taken a baby step and made the connection of, you know, give me a break as a tagline, you break your fast. But they they mm-hmm. went the extra mile to, you know, create a version that has 30 wafers, one for each day of the holy month. Like it was really well thought out where it wasn't just hijacking that conversation, but was truly adding something to it. Yeah, I loved it. And I I truly felt seen when I saw that. I just kept watching it and my mouth was just on the floor. I was like, wow. They really and tried then so hard. bought a lot of Kit Kats <laughs> after that. So See, <laughs> it's also very effective. Yes. yes, there's major buying power here. Um, and, and this has been such an incredible conversation. Looking forward to continuing it. Um, after this break, we'll be back. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a hundred dollar credit on your next ad campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. 
And we're back on, yeah, that's probably an ad. We're continuing our conversation with the superstars from Mojo Supermarket who have done really beautiful work around Ramadan marketing. Um, And now we want to hear more of what they're up to. Jameson, take us away in this conversation. Yeah, I'm very excited to have uh, this whole conversation, but I think having this agency on our podcast is is a great one because we honored you all last year as uh, on our breakthrough agency of the year shortlist. I mean, the whole agency has really taken off uh, in these few years. So I would love to kind of dive into, you know, where you are headed as an agency. So let's just kind of start with uh, update us on where you're at. You know, do, what kind of what work do you have coming out in the future? What should we expect from Mojo out of these next, you know, maybe six months? Oh, um we are in a really exciting place. You know, we, uh, we've been able to do original work, which is uh, not tied to client projects. And I think that's really hard to set up like operationally in an agency usually. And I'm really happy that we've set that up and we're getting the right people to do that right. Like, so look at this event, the, the, um, this research report, we can design this thing and we can create websites. We can do, we can conduct research. Um, so for an agency, our size, the, the capabilities being so great is awesome already, which is something we were working on. So just really excited about that personally. Um, so we can continue to do that. And, and, you know, the, again, you said the Ramadan report looks really good. And like, just trying to figure out all the, can we execute original work that is really good? So we're really excited about that and the team. And the other thing for this year was, you know, where we've been so fortunate that like we, people know exactly what we're for. We're for this, like, it's time for you to, you want to bring big change and you want this like disproportionate return and like this incremental thing isn't working. So this year, you know, I'm on a podcast at some point and two years ago in my career saying we don't have a new business person. We'll never have a new business person. I'm pretty, people have reminded me of this. I was an idiot (laughs) because, um, the best people have found us and I was so lucky, right? Like the best people, the best clients and like the, the people who understood that were like, yeah, the thing we're doing is not it. Like this advertising thing is not it. They just found us and I was so lucky for so like we've just it's just constant and it still continues and we're so fucking grateful for that. Um the this year was was also just like um how do we find more of those people that aren't reaching out to us already and what are the kinds of brands we want to work on this year? And also what are the things we want to say? Like some of those things are like the vaping thing is was a very good choice then. What like we want to say this, we want to talk about dating. So what are the c- couple things that we want to talk about and we've done research about that we want to put out there and saying like, oh, this is going to uh, do the right thing. So we just, we're just signing on a few of those. We'll talk about them soon. We're really, really excited about those. So we've hired a new business person. We've hired a head of growth person who's going to, who's not a, a new business person, background person. So that's good because our agency doesn't really work. It, it, you know, it's not uh, very corporate organized. I don't know what the words are. I'm just making them <laughs> up, I guess. Um, the, uh, corporate organized. Yeah. Um, the, and we're ex- so excited for him to find the exact right partnerships, you know? Um, cause we're so for like, even I didn't know what the record labels were. And when we started working with record labels, I was like, okay, well, how does this even work? What do they do? Which one is even good? 
And like, we were just going off of like, oh, this artist is kind of cool. So it's uh, now we're being very, very also like hunt the things that we want. So we've got a head of growth that who's, I'm really excited about. Yeah, and I'm glad you. you I stand corrected up. within my career within two years. <laughs> Listen, we learn. <laughs> I, I'm glad yeah. you brought up new business because I mean I think one of the things that has been really noticeable about the agency is you know one you've done a good job of kind of defining what your superpower is. And I hate that phrase, but it's like what all the consultants <laughs> say to me is like, what's your agency superpower? Um, but I feel like Mojo is clear of what it stands for, but you all also do a lot of stunts that are there to get attention. You did something at A&A where you gave out, you know, golden to you were airdropping stuff on people's phones to get a strategy session. You've done the, the Super Bowl toilet uh, a couple of years, <clears throat> a couple of years now. You held a host, uh, chicken sandwich hostage to get into the Popeyes pitch. So I'd love for you to give me a little more, uh, you know, look into how those stunts come together and how how have they really benefited the agency? I mean, where where have some of the results come from those stunts? Yeah, um, the they come together just like this one comes together the Ramadan report, right? Somebody cares about something and they do something about it. Like we're a very proactive startup and we've always been that way and we will always be that way. Like this is where, this is where you can come make your ideas happen. If you have the willpower to be like, I'm going to make them happen. If you're there, like, you know, it would be nice if we could do this and then you just wish it. That's, that's why when you need the, the bigger agency. So I will, I want to give the credit where it's due. It's like a hundred percent of people who are passionate about an idea like ryan our head of strategy is passionate about the airdrops thing and he wants to like you know and we do it because we're like and everybody get, gets excited about his idea and then we're like let's go this way see how he wants to do this we're going we're doing this thing um the and what are the results of it we're having the time of our lifetime you know like we're having the time of our lives doing this this should be fun this absolutely should be fun um we want to be able to say what we want to say and we want to be able to say it in a fun, beautiful, interesting, creative way. Uh, if this Ramadan report didn't look good or there was no event or it was an email Siam sent out to the to LinkedIn, you wouldn't care. So, you know, it's like fun for us to make these things. So we're, we're making them at the level that we want to. Um, does that answer your question, by the way? <laughs> I think it does. And uh, yeah. You know, one of the things that you and I have spoke about in the past is, you know, how you view clients and you're you're very upfront about it needs to be a client that is going to gel with you all, that you're not going to work with somebody that you sit here and go, well, it would be a cool account, but we don't like the people. So, well, we're still going to do it like that's it's pretty clear you've drawn a line in the sand. So, you know, how has that impacted the agency and also the really the people in the agency, I assume, probably get the most out of that thought process because they're not working with clients they can't stand. I mean, the clients that can't stand is probably the, the floor of that, right? Like you got to aim a little bit better than that in life, but you, so hopefully we don't have any of those ever. Um, but you also want to aim for clients that like, you know, I, I wait, I spent so much, I care. So I care to my, about this way too much as a business person. I'm on the smallest things sometimes like writing for them because I just really want to, I really care about this thing. Um, so with that in mind, wouldn't you want to, I want to make it, the, the numbers on the success of the campaigns is awesome. 
And I want to get those. I want to make somebody successful. And if I'm going to want to, if I want to make you successful, if I want to spend all my day thinking about making you successful, I really hope I like you. Yeah. And I really hope I tr trust that, y that you're the right business and you're the right message. You want to say this right thing. And then you're good at your job. Yep. Um, so there's, you know, most of our work is not from Mojo Supermarket. It's, it's from the clients because they're really good clients. If you, that's why it's hard to make or original work because you're your own client. Mm. But when you have a good client is when you get the work that we're making. So, uh, the truth CEO is also my mentor. So, you know, that said, we're very mutual fans of each other. Um, and that's how you get to the work that you get to. And, um, the adding the thing, adding another thing, just because we want it. I just don't see the point of it because we're when the, the people that the independent agencies that you guys talk about on these things, right? A lot of them are not independent. They're either owned by other agencies, funded by somebody owned by a celebrity. Some like there is money bank funded something, a bank's, but there's not a lot of the, us out there that can completely make free will decisions that just like, we are just going to do whatever we want to. And the ones that are, there's partners, there's a lot of things. It gets hard. It gets very, very easy when we're like, that just doesn't sound like fun for us. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like the camp, the, the company I want to spend just absolutely my, the best years of my career and my agency building. And the ones that come in that we do work on, we, that's the mindset we take. I want to spend the best years of my life and agency to make these guys the most successful they can be. Love that. Um, Mao, I think uh, one last question because kind of stemming from that before we wrap is, um, you know, I have to commend you because coming from agency world, you know, it's not very often that you see leadership kind of working with like junior executives and, you know, just people on the uh, talent on the rise. Um, so I really have to commend you because it seems like super collaborative over there at Mojo and just like a, a very empowering environment to kind of put forth your best work. I'm just curious, like, um, what do you look for in your talent to in coming to Mojo? You know, what can you do? You have any advice for advertising, you know, execs on the rise? You know, what do you guys look for? Oh, Sam, you answer that question. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not an executive. <laughs> no, okay. honestly, when she was saying that you get the executive work, I was like, it's, you should see the inside of the agency. It's the other way. See how's my boss. <laughs> um, so you're like, okay, so you're looking for the next bosses and I think you're accomplishing it. <laughs> yeah. See how's a boss. What kind of people do we want? See how? I think people who are fun and willing to go the extra mile and really passionate about whatever they do. Uh, this Ramadan work has been like a labor of love and I'm very grateful to work in a place that's supportive of my passions and so welcoming and open to hearing my ideas and my thoughts. And I think it's a, it's a two-way street. You have to be somebody who's willing to go and speak up for what you want to make and you want a place that's going to encourage you and support you in making that thing come to life. Amen. And everybody's nice and everybody's kind. Everybody is nice. You know, there's, there's kind, people yeah. that are really talented and want to work hard and everything, but they're pricks. Like advertising is full of them. Yeah. We fortunately don't have any of them. <laughs> it's so amazing. That thing like takes off, like as a creative, especially it was like an emotional creative. It takes off like 30% of your weight off your shoulders and you can just, like be a person, you know, yes. 
And it's, you could come up with better ideas when you're not afraid of everybody and make mistakes and be afraid to fail and have like a stupid idea that nothing ever ends up happening. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. 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 I, I really, those kinds of people. I really think being kind should be like a soft skill that should be mentioned on a resume. Uh, it's, it's not an easy one to find sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. well, uh, I want to thank you all for, this has been a really great conversation. Um, Jameson, thank you so much for helping co-host. And then thank you to our guests. Uh, you guys are doing incredible work and I, I really hope that people just keep discovering it and we're looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much. Thank you. That. Thank you. Thank you. This is an awesome conversation. This is yeah, really yeah. fun. Thank Thanks. Thank you for inviting <laughs> yeah. me. I feel like the, this is like a privilege to be a part of this episode. So uh, thank you for having <laughs> yeah. me on. See how many are going to go our own, do our own podcast, which is just us <laughs> Stay talking tuned. on a call. <laughs> nice. All right. Cool. Thank you, everyone. And thank you to Thanks. our listeners. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.